Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. That's me. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. All right. So as you know, during the offseason, we record podcasts once every two weeks unless we sign or trade for Odell Beckham Jr. And then (laughs) we're going to record another podcast that night. So that was the last podcast, um, but we wanted to get back to you guys and just report about what's happened over the past couple weeks. And we're going to do a little simulation here uh, amongst the brothers. We're going to do the Draft Network Mock Draft Simulator and uh, see what we come out with and talk through different players who we could potentially get at different points in the draft um, and using the Draft Network website to do that. Um, This podcast is brought to you by Cinevar or Barbasol. It's also brought to you by Cinevar Fathers, but it's brought to you by Barbasol. Uh, The new Barbasol Shave Club featuring the premium Ultra 6 Plus Razor, Barbasol, the brand trusted by men for nearly 100 years to deliver a close, comfortable shave. Visit Barbasol.com to join the Barbasol Shave Club today. If you use discount code BROWNS, that's B-R-O-W-N-S, at checkout, you get to receive $2 off your initial shave kit order. I shaved with it myself this morning. Uh, Trim up, keep yourself looking fresh, keep yourself looking fine. They last forever. Do you play the game that you try to use as little shave shaving um, cream as possible? Like, I try to do the tiniest little squirt because it goes so far. It does go very far. I... Barbasol wouldn't like that I said this because they're sponsoring the podcast, but I don't use shave cream when I'm just trimming my neck. Oh, really? You just kind of go, no, go dry? You just, well, if I get... No, I don't go dry. I'm, not, go a, raw, I'm huh? not an animal. <laughs> I, if, if I get right out of the shower, you know, it opens up the pores, the hot water, and then uh, it's actually pretty smooth if you splash some hot water on there. and you, If you use a Barbasol razor, it glides right across. You don't even need shave cream. Noted. Noted. All right. So we just wanted to talk about a few things um, today, just a few signings um, that happened in the past two weeks. So we signed um, offensive lineman Brian Witzman from the Chicago Bears. He started a lot of games in the past two years. Not a big notable name, but started about 30 Chances games. that this dude makes the final 53. Who, who is our backup guard outside of, I mean, we've it's got... the other guy we got from Chicago. We've got Petonio and Corbett. No, we've but got Betonio Corbett and Eric Cush. Cush. Eric Cush is going to be the one that makes the team. Okay, who's our backup center? Can this guy Eric play center? Cush. I think Corbett <laughs> would actually play center, and Cush would take the guard spot. But they both are kind of in that same. It's a question of whether it would be Corbett or Cush. Okay, but I'm saying that. I mean, we need depth on the offensive line. Greg Robinson we, we can play guard. Greg Robinson can play guard. But then who's playing tackle? Like. We, we, then you've got the kid from Kendall Lamb, Kendall right? Kendall Lamb, yep. Who we signed. I mean, like he that's can play, I. He I can play tackle. It but already seems ca- obvious to me that it's. But we could carry nine offensive linemen, which wouldn't be crazy, and both of these guys would. We're gonna draft somebody. It. Maybe. I expect to. We signed Greg Robinson to a one-year deal. I would be shocked if we didn't if we didn't draft somebody. Kendall Lamb. Kendall Lamb is not the long-term answer. He's, it was a two-year deal. Not too expensive for, for depth on the offensive Just so line. you guys know, the Kendall Lamb deal was two years, $7 million. Yeah. So we'll I mean, see if he plays that out. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think he has That's a just, as good a, just as good a chance to, to make the, the 53 as Cush. I think Cush um, has put some more valuable reps out there on tape. From what I hear 
people say that know these things more than me. I'm really just parroting stuff I've read from other people. I don't. You really think know there's much no chance from that they, personal experience? You haven't watched a lot of Chicago Bears guard play. <laughs> yeah, no. You think there's no chance that they could both make the fifty though? I do. I mean, I think there's a good chance. You have two two backups. They can both. They're both pretty versatile. They but, can play. They both play tackle and guard. Plus, you never know who gets hurt. Like, yeah, you you go into camp with the nine that you think is going to make the roster, and who knows who comes out. Yeah, so that's I'm, what you have to do, and you have to have competition in um, at the beginning of the season. In OTAs, if they're not competing against each other, then what are you even doing with the starting five? I like being able to get these guys who have who have started in the past, have that experience that you can feel relatively comfortable going to if you need to. And still get and, them for cheap. And you're not going rolling out a guy who is literally just a shot in the dark. No, I, I've heard people talking that know more about this than me, that it's probably going to be a legitimate competition between Cush and Corbett for the right guard spot. Like obviously the Browns would prefer for Corbett to like win that job, and I think he'll probably have the upper hand if it's a uh, if it's close. But I think that people expect Eric Cush if he's healthy to push for playing time at that spot. That's great. That's better for a team. Yeah. I mean, so to, to not hand people starting spots just because of the the position that you were drafted. No, I think that's great. And signing Kendall Lamb. I mean, he's not a great tackle, but he's he's been a serviceable, relatively productive tackle. Yeah. What are the Texans doing? He they they, just, they've had offensive line problems for years. This, and he's, C- Seattle Seahawks approach to off- offensive line building. Geez, ah, Lewis. it'll be okay. Yeah, eh. we feel really good about our quarterback. He'll figure it out. Yeah, we don't need to protect him. You he, know, he's he'll young. Just, he's, he'll, he'll scramble around and he'll bounce figure back. it out. ACLs. What I mean, what are they really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the Texans are doing. Um, look, I don't think Kendall Lamb is like your your franchise tackle, but if you have he buy a lot and of half million dollars a year. I mean, yeah. like, why would you not keep that guy around? He graded out way better than anyone else on their offensive line, and they just let him walk. It's baffling to me. Works yeah. for us. He's here. He's a Cleveland Brown now. But their D line has a ton of good players. Yes, they do. A practice must be atrocious for them. <laughs> <laughs> like, the offensive lineman must just be miserable. <laughs> you think they would get better over time? <laughs> no, they're demoralized. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we're bad. Oh. We can't. You think Sundays would be easy, though? <laughs> like, yeah. like by up. the time you got to Sunday, you'd be like, oh, man, at least I don't have to block J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> day in and day out. Um... So another news announcement is the Browns announced today, actually, that they are going to have um, a series of joint practices with Indy during the offseason. So I've always found that teams that are coming in and competing at the beginning of the year that are coming up, like the Patriots don't do this, the top-end teams don't do this, so they come in with a lot of um, anticipation for the year. But for teams that um, are coming in want to start with some competition, um, it's usually proved to be pretty good. Um, get the level of play What are up. you saying? I have no idea what you're trying to communicate. Wait, you don't think... I think the Patriots do do joint practices. No, they don't. They don't? No. Are you sure about that? No, the top or upper echelon teams don't do joint practices. It's mostly middle-of-the-road teams that practiced against each other, and it creates a level of competition. They. I don't know. I, I pa- was wondering Patriots about Patriots did not have joint practice last season. But they had before that. Uh, they've had joint practices with the Jaguars. Let's see what year this was. In 2017. 
That's pretty recent. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. We're fact-checking live on the air. So I was wondering this, too, because it's been a while since the Browns have done this. We did this with, like, the Bills, I think, like a while ago. Is the only time I remember us ever doing joint practices with anybody. I mean, like, maybe back to, like, Romeo Cornell La- era. Last year was the, the first year the Patriots hadn't held a joint practice since 2011. So I rest Wolf. my case. Woof. You were way wrong. <laughs> well, okay. I'm telling you, last year the Patriots didn't do it. I've always said that. <laughs> and they won the Super Bowl. Last year they won the Super Bowl, and they didn't have a joint practice. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the Colts, though, actually, as a team for us to practice against. Like, it's a solid team. Um, if you're going to have to practice against anybody, I feel like you want like to play and get some extra reps against a contender. It's also a team on the rise. Team on the rise, I think this probably came to be because of the Ballard-Dorsey connection. Chris Ballard worked under John Dorsey at the Chiefs. I'm sure that had a lot to do with this. Yeah, and it's close. I mean, it's the... Geographically uh, reasonable. Makes sense. Yep. It's like the we always play the Lions in the preseason. Yep. Because it's close. No, I'm, exi- I'm excited. I, I think joint practices help a lot. I think it, it helps the players. You kind of break up the monotony. You, you get to... Um, like try your wares against against something different. I mean, we're talking about the offensive defensive line battles of the Texans, right? You you get to see different moves. You get to see players with different strengths. But I also think from the coaching perspective, you kind of get an insight into how other people are doing it, and maybe pick up some tips or tricks or. I mean, even I as saw something, soft as like how people relate to their players. I don't know. I, that's why I said I saw something very specific about Bill Belichick talking about the reason why they weren't having a joint practice. Yeah. Last year, and that's why. Like explaining why they didn't do it last year. Yeah. I I wonder what is because I haven't I don't remember when the Browns have had a joint practice. What sort of coverage does that get? Like how much, like media just access like training, does? Just like any training camp practice would. Yeah, it's not much different. The um, the thing I think it might be really valuable for is, like, team building. Like, instead of, like, working against the other side of the ball, like, both sides are, like, working against a common opponent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, from, like, a camaraderie, like, team building standpoint, I feel like that's that's a valuable thing. Yeah, you see, yeah I mean, you get that in the preseason, too, with the first two preseason games, but it's it's kind of like a first a first stab at... At that idea. Well, the way this works, what game will this coincide with? I don't know. Did they announce the way when th- these were? Because the way this works is you practice against the team and then you play that team that week is how this typically works. So it says that I think the what I was reading earlier showed showed the dates that it was. I don't know I where don't. that coincides with the preseason schedule. In August. Um culminate with an actual exhibition game between the Browns and Colts in week two of the preseason. There we go. So. There she is. All right. Well, um, one of the things, talking about the Patriots. So, Matthew, you were proposing uh, before we started the podcast, obviously um, the Patriots are – oh, not close enough to the microphone. (laughs) Um, So they're talking about Sunday Night Football the first week of – the NFL season. Yeah, the first the first games just got announced, uh, with the caveat that the I think it's the Bears and Packers are are starting the season off on Thursday Night Football, 
And then Sunday night is the New England Patriots at home against an unnamed opponent. So in New Why England. Why is this getting leaked out like this in pieces? I don't understand. But what's funny, against an unnamed opponent, we know what eight teams the Patriots are playing at home this year. So it's one of those eight teams. We know their three division opponents suck balls. Yeah. So it can't be one of those things. No one's so trying to you, watch the Jets not, and the Patriots. You're not going to lead off the NFL season with the Patriots like dis- disemboweling the Bills, the Dolphins, or the Jets. Nope. One of their other opponents is the Giants, who are going to be like, also awful, epically horrible this season. Sorry, uh, Jabril and Kevin. Which just leaves four possible opponents. That sucks. You could, you could have the Steelers which would be less than enticing at this point. I mean, you've got Big Ben and Juju, and I mean, it's still the Steelers, so it's a big name. But I, th- I think they probably want to hedge their bets and see what that team turns out to look like before you put them out Throw there on, them the, on the, fire, the yeah. showcase. And so I think there's really three contenders. There's the Cowboys, who are always going to be a big draw. No matter what they look like. Um, they're also a relatively good team, so that would be, that would be fun to watch. The Kansas City Chiefs which obviously there's the enticing element of high-flying offense and a really good football team. Um, that might be a little bit of too good of a matchup yeah, for, I don't for the think first week of the NFL football. wants that to start the season. I feel like they'll hold that out for a little further along. And so if it's not the Cowboys and it's not the Chiefs, then the only other option is the Browns. Yeah, no, the Browns Sunday would definitely football. be in consideration. For that. I think that's Your between, Cleveland Browns. My, my take would be that's between the Cowboys and the Browns. How absurd is that to, to start the season, be in primetime, based on how hype of an offseason we against had? The Patriots. That's how good Ooh. of an offseason we had that we're being put on the big stage against the Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions. Would you be excited if, if about that happens? It hasn't the happened. In that way. Hmm. Or would in you some be ways. In, yeah. I almost think that the Browns are a harder team to prepare for than, what the, than the Patriots. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Browns have a new coaching staff, have some new players. Like, it's going to be a lot harder to prep to play the Browns. Like, if I've got to play the Patriots, I'd rather them not have a bunch of tape on me. Like, Bill Belichick's smarter than anybody on the Browns staff. Like, I'm, not, I'm pretty comfortable saying that. <laughs> like, like You're telling me Belichick's smarter than Freddie? <laughs> You're telling me Belichick's smarter than Paul D. Podesta? Technically, on the Browns, on I'm the Browns about, staff. I'm talking about coaching staff. Thank you very much. Well, you didn't say it. You said Brown staff. Um, so my take is honestly, it might be better to play him in Week One. And this, in the Patriots historically have like had some duds early in the season. Yeah, would you? If you were the Patriots, would you rather? Would you rather be prepping for the Browns Week One without being able to see a lot of them on tape, or say the Chiefs, where you? They know the Chiefs, right? Right. You probably know what they're gonna do, and they're just gonna be a little rusty. Yeah, no, I. If I was the Patriots, I'd probably want. You'd probably want to get that Chiefs game out of the way. Chiefs game out of the way, but I don't think Roger Goodell is trying to do Mr. Kraft any favors at the at the, at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Kraft's got enough favors of his own, so <laughs> <laughs> he can get them if he needs them. Yeah. That's what you're trying to say. Forty nine dollars <laughs> at a strip mall. Uh, well, so that that'll be, be interesting. I mean, like. It's good. I think that Patriots game is going to be a primetime game no matter what, whether it's at the beginning of the season or it's another time during the year. It'll, sure. be, it'll be a brand new experience. 
if the Browns play in primetime week one. There's been all those reports that the networks are... I'm at, it's going to make me actually really anxious. Like, I don't like the primetime games that much because I watch, like, <laughs> other teams play and it just, like, I have to wait that We're much gonna longer. We have to wait so long. I know. Like, I'm just going to be so anxious. This is a theme for Michael. He takes on, like, a real physical anxiety when it comes to watching the Browns. You should see him, like, leading up to an NFL draft. We don't have a first-round pick this year, but leading up to an NFL draft... He's constantly talking about his level of stress and anxiety. Yeah, it, it really does. It makes me ill. I'm kind of should have seen how much Harry had a few years ago. <laughs> it shows a deep care for his Cleveland Browns. You guys should all oh. be respected. Hey, the reason I was so anxious last year is because I knew how important those picks were. You don't get two top five picks like ever as an NFL franchise. If you miss on them, you're screwed. Thankfully, John Dorsey came through in the biggest way possible. We and did we're in not. great shape. We did not, sir. And on top of those two top five stars that we got, we also signed another star, or Kareem Hunt. So his suspension came through, and it is an eight-game suspension. What do you guys think about that? It's unfortunate. In some ways, it's unfortunate. We'll get him for an extra few games, maybe more than we thought. He's going to accrue. A full season, and so that's unfor- the unfortunate part. But if you remember, this deal, at the end of the year, he's a restricted free agent. We still have control over him if we want to, and we'll, if he signs for significant money after this year, um, depending on what we do in free agency last year, we could garner a pretty good compensatory pick as are a we, Are we allowed to put an original round tender on him? Or since we weren't the team that drafted him, does that not apply? I don't think that we can put an original round tender on him. So it's like a first or second round tender, and that's it. You can't put a first round tender. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to speak out of school because I actually don't know the answer to that question. We should look that up and Me tweet neither. it out. It's a good. It's a good question. Um, for uh, those of you who don't know, um, if Kareem Hunt had have been suspended for eleven games, then he wouldn't have accrued a full season, and so we would be able to have him on the same contract that we have him right now for the following season, which would be uh, a ludicrous amount of value for a player like Kareem Hunt. He's arguably a top-five running back in the NFL. So to have him and Nick Chubb next to each other for two seasons would have been fantastic. That's what we're referring to. What, um, do, you, what do you think happens? This is, now, it's such we, a weird We've got deal. him for one year, $1 million. Is that right? Yeah, yeah but it's yeah, going to be it's like 1.1. 1. 1. So yeah. it's going to so be eight like games, 600 grand. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So say, say Kareem Hunt comes out, plays the final eight games of the year, plus the playoffs with the Browns. See what I did there? You put the Browns in the playoffs. There we go. Wow. Very, well, it would be a disappointment very if the original. Browns make the playoffs. Very yeah. <laughs> so what, what do the Browns do? Do, do Michael just re- rolled his eyes saying it would be a disappointment if the Browns don't make the playoffs. Browns haven't made the playoffs that's since where 2002. We, that's where we are right now, Browns fans. Michael is sitting here rolling his eyes talking about the Browns not making the playoffs. That's how it's incredible. optimistic everyone is. Go it's ahead, incredible. Matthew. But what do, the, what do the Browns do? I mean, we've got Nick Chubb under contract for a long time. On, on a rookie deal. On a rookie deal. You, you don't really want to spend a, a, a lot of high-dollar, high-end money on a running back. He's a restricted free agent. It's just an do you, asset. Do you just tender him and hope that he stays for one more season at a low dollar value and then let him walk and get a, no, get you a compensatory tender, pick? You tender him at a high value and then you hope someone signs him away. Or you trade him away before that happens. 
one of those two, if there's no reason to re-sign him for a high value if you have Nick Chubb. There's no, no reason you need two running backs that operate on that high of a level. So you, you leverage that asset and you put it on the market for everyone else and you see if someone needs a running back that bad that they're willing to overpay for him. Yeah, I mean, if you if you put like a second round tender on him, I think you you've got him for two and a half million dollars or something next year, which which someone might take they a can, second round tender. They can put those tenders on him. An original year. round, according I just found a, the first Google thing that came up, which is thebiglead.com. I have no idea if this is a legitimate news source or not, but it's saying that we can qual- put a qualifying offer on the table for either first, second. Or original round tender. He was a third round pick. I would do an original round and dare somebody to sign him. Give us a third round pick for him. Yep. A year ahead of. Because that's not going to be that expensive if you do the original round tender. It'll be a couple million bucks, I think. Yeah. It's pretty darn cheap. That's and what then I if you do. get a third round pick in return, you get it that year, like. And unencumbered by like the offset of a. I mean, compensatory picks like get offset by your own free Whenever agent you signings. sign free agents, yep. so you would you would get a guaranteed third round pick, which would be pretty special. Yeah, I think I think that's a play because knowing that you're not going to sign him long term. Yeah, um, it's he's definitely an asset for the future. He's insurance in case uh, Chubb gets hurt for some reason, and next off season, the only thing he can do is like help us. Like if you let if. He goes somewhere else. We're going to get compensation in return. It was a well constructed deal by the Browns' front office. I still can't believe he signed like when he did. Like I don't really know. Such what... an, it was such an odd timing. Yeah. Kareem Hunt. I, I still forget that he's on the Browns. Like Kareem Hunt is going to be on the Browns next year for six hundred thousand dollars, and the Jets just paid Le'Veon Bell. Fourteen million dollars per year. <laughs> like I mean, like are there hardly any different players? Like from a skill set standpoint. In, in it, fact, I think I might rather have Kareem Hunt. Like, just straight up dollar value aside. It's yeah. So it, man, it's good value. All, All right. right. So, um, like I promised at the beginning of the podcast, we are going to be going through a mock draft simulator. We got through the news, and we are running the mock draft machine on the draft network. Um, and so I have us picking for every pick for the Browns, and it is simulating all of the other picks for the other teams. So we're going to go through and argue about what we think the Browns' needs are at the different rounds. Um, and I already have it queued up here, so we're at pick 49 right now. All the other teams okay. have already picked. Before we get going, yeah, let's talk about what the Browns' needs are. Like... I'm assuming the Browns aren't going to make any other like significant moves. I think they might add a player might or two in the safety. secondary. Yeah. Maybe a safety, maybe a corner. That would be the only thing I would expect that would be like a starter level player that the Browns might add through the rest of free agency. But I think we're you make this mock as if it the draft is happening today and our roster is we haven't what it anybody. looks like today. Yeah. Yeah. And so, given that scenario, what would you say our biggest needs are heading into the draft? Strong safety. 
I think, I think we have a big needed strong safety and a big needed linebacker. Both safety positions, honestly, are a pretty significant need because Demarius Randall right now is on his last year of his deal. We're paying him $8 million for this season. With what the safety market just did this year, like it's not going to be a cheap situation to keep him long-term. He's I making, like Demarius he's Randall. $8 million this year. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's his fifth-year option that we signed last year. And so I think it's pro- – if I'm a betting man, I think it's more likely that he – that we move on from Demarius Randall than we keep him for next year. So I'm concerned about, like, our depth going forward at that position, and I think it's, like, by far the biggest need. And it's not even necessarily just a strong safety that we need. It's, like, a solid safety overall. And with how much the league is a passing league, if you've got three good safeties, like regardless of exactly which spot they play, like that's valuable. So I don't know if it's like got to strictly be a strong safety well, that we need to add. Because we only have two safeties on the roster right now, right? For the mo- I mean, that have any sort of notable playing experience, we've, yes. We've got Demarius and Derek Kindred. Kindred. Yep. Both of them could be, are on, on the last year of their deal. Correct. So... We could go into the 2020 season with a brand new set of safeties who are not currently on the Browns roster and haven't played it down for mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns. So, so yeah, very I, realistic I agree. option. I think that's that's one of our top needs. I also think linebacker is one of our top needs. We're we're going into a season that is is I would say probably the last year of the deal for. It is Schobert's last year. Yeah, of well, his it, deal. well, it's Schobert's last year. Um, why can't I remember his name? Chris, Chris, Kirksey. Chris Kirksey. Yeah, Chris Kirksey's on a big deal. Probably the last year of his deal, too. You just think they aren't going to want to continue with Correct. paying Kirksey what he's getting paid. Correct. Right, so that's kind of becoming like a, a hinge point, too, because you move on from Jamie Collins. You've got Schobert do some money next year. I would hope Which we're that all... they want to keep him around, but like... That's another one of those things. If you don't sign him early, let him hit the free agency market. Like You're you screwed. saw what C.J. Mosley just made going to the free agency market. Like It's just an interesting situation. Yeah. There's we, a good chance we wouldn't be able to keep Schobert if that happened. Oh, yeah. I mean... And I, I would argue... We shouldn't. That we shouldn't if you've got to pay those kind of dollars. So, um, yeah. but... We could, we could be rolling out a whole new batch of linebackers. Yep. A year from now as well. So I think those two, those two are our largest pressing needs. Um, tackle offensive on the tackle. offensive side of the ball is also a a, a a rather large need. I think those would probably round out the top three. So I'm super interested to see how Dorsey handles this draft because I think what he what positions he targets early on in the first three four rounds is going to indicate how he views some of the veterans in on the roster. Like but do they a, go do they go for a wide receiver that can play the slot at some point like earlier on in the draft. That might indicate that Jarvis Landry n- might not be long for the Cleveland Browns, which I would think would be a really good financial decision. 
Mark's motioning something to me, and I don't know what he's trying to say. I need the charger to your laptop so I can run the simulation. There you go. Happy. What, you just wanted me to say that on the podcast? I had no no idea what you were trying to tell me. I had legitimately no idea what that meant. (laughs) Mark's computer now has juice. We're fine. Um, so anyways, I we might get we might get rid of juice. No, but isn't isn't Dorsey a, a best player available kind of guy? I don't know. I don't know that that's true at all. He's, I mean, he said that multiple think, times, but about, also like, every what, GM. What says did he that. draft last year? I mean, he, that wasn't necessarily true. With Denzel Ward, I mean, it, it might have proved to need. be true. Best player available at a position of need. That's kind of yeah. what you hear people say all the time. It's not really one yeah, or the you, other. You've it's got your five positions of need and draft the best player. Amongst those positions, yeah. All right, so what are like the Browns' secondary needs? That Not secondary as in a position, but long like term, secondary as in... Long-term, we need second corner, level. cornerback. For sure, I think we definitely need a cornerback. We've but got I don't know Terrence Mitchell for two more seasons. I don't We've know. We've got TJ Carey for three more. Denzel Ward for three more. For decent a, money. But this is another situation option. where if they go early, like at corner, that, that probably doesn't look good for TJ Carey long-term because he's our b- bigger money like corner right now that probably doesn't deserve the contract that he currently has. Yeah, but who's our fourth corner? Philip Gaines? Like, yeah. Mike, we, we also need like back-end depth on that. So right. if, you, if you can get Howard a, Wilson, a baby. player that you're... <laughs> If Howard Wilson makes this team and actually contributes, he does still good exist. on him. Good on him. I'm, I'm rooting for you, Howard. All right, so then cornerback, and then what's the fourth? What do you think? It's interior D line, interior. O-line I definitely think depth, depth a nice on the, at the defensive D-line. tackle position is certainly a spot they will go. We also might need depth on the edge. Ogba is in the final year of his deal. Is I think Chris Smith's also in the final year of his deal. August in the final year's deal, and was Chris John Smith Dorsey, a two-year or three-year deal last year? I'm not sure about that. John Dorsey's actively shopping Ogba too, which is something we haven't mentioned. And if that happens, then Edge would Are seem you like at the a Chris very Smith deal? yeah. Chris Smith was a three-year deal. That's what I thought. So, um, yeah, no, I think that defensive tackle will be sought after before defensive end. We just got a lot of guys at end at the moment. A lot of guys that can rush the passer. Mm-hmm. And you got Avery like long term. Like I just think there's a lot of bodies there that are locked up for a little while. I don't think that's going to be a top priority. And there's the top end of this r- pass rush class is real good. Like there's about five guys that I, you feel pretty good about, maybe even more. But then once you get to the later rounds, like where the Browns are picking this year. There's not a whole lot to get too excited about. That's my personal opinion. That and then sense. there's some other options throughout the gambit of the draft. Wouldn't be surprised if we drafted another wide receiver. Wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we drafted a tight end. Wouldn't be surprised if we drafted an off... Oh, well, I would definitely think we'll draft an offensive tackle. Um, wouldn't be surprised Yeah. So this if is we drafted I... a guard. This is why I like doing these mock drafts because it shows you where the value is at the different positions throughout the draft. And like, if you want to create your optimal like Browns Hall, like where you've got to pick the guys at the different positions. So let's go ahead and dive in and figure out what we're looking at. So you said we're at pick forty nine. Here we are. 
at pick 49. Um, so according to the Draft Network, the top Draft Network rank position old player available is Daniel Jones, quarterback Duke. Not happening. Mm. Um, so so we so Mac Wilson is available. Linebacker from Alabama. Linebacker from Alabama. Don't like him. Forty three. According to the draft network, this Could, is pick forty nine. That's so an option. Not not my ideal player. Here here at this forty ninth position, I mean I'm looking at our, our top level needs, somebody who can come in right away. So I'm looking I'm looking safety, I'm looking linebacker who can come in, and I'm probably looking cornerback. Yeah. So, what are the so what's our top safety option? The top safety is Deontay Thompson, safety out of Alabama. That could be that could be an intriguing option for me. I like Deontay Thompson. Um, the only other position that I might consider going is tackle, if like one of the the well reputed tackles in the draft happen to drop. And I don't think we're gonna get one. The I, top I, the top two tackles right now are both of the Wisconsin tackles, David Edwards and Michael Dieter. Nope. We're going late round tackle in this in this simulation. Yeah, that probably seems like yeah. what it's Okay, going what to be. about linebacker? So uh, linebacker we have Mac Wilson. Uh, Mac Wilson is the top and then uh, Blake Cashman, linebacker out of Minnesota. Who I absolutely um, love. Who's, but might be a little bit of a reach for him. The draft network has him ranked at seventy nine. Of top available prospects, where I think he's going to go in the late second, early third range, and so I just kind of think he's going to be outside of the Browns' window. Yeah, he's unfortunately like I I would feel pretty good about a Deontay Thompson. Yeah, pick here. What about corner? We didn't mention what corners are sitting out there right now. So at cornerback, we have um, Lonnie Johnson Jr. is the number one. Who I, I no. Why don't you like Lonnie Johnson? Keep going. No, who tell, else me, is tell me why. He just doesn't do much for me. There's, I don't just, have a whole lot to just, say. Just doesn't do much for you, huh? Yeah. Just, just it's nothing specific. Just That's the kid from Kentucky, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, and then Julian Love out of Notre Dame, um, which both wouldn't be a terrible value. Um, I, man. I don't like this. Safety seems like the most reasonable option as far as value for not over. So, like, Taylor Rapp's off the board in this situation? Uh, No, Taylor Rapp's there. Taylor Rapp out of Washington and then Juwan Thornhill out of Virginia. And Juwan Thornhill. Are the safeties. See. So, Taylor Taylor Rapp is more of a strong safety type. Going to be in the box. uh, Kind of a hybrid player. Could play linebacker. In some nickel sets, he's gonna be the hard hitter, uh, like leader of your defense, like outspoken. Hitter. He doesn't miss tackles. Like that's the big thing about direct, Taylor Rapp is yeah. like literally he doesn't miss tackles yeah. ever. He's he's kind of a direct replacement for the Jabril Peppers role in our defense. Um, Deontay Thompson, Deon, yeah, it's Deontay, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, it's the name's strikingly similar to a former Brown or Gators wide receiver. That's why. I, Oh, it's it is the, the same it's name, same name in pronunciation. <laughs> it's just spelled. There's an I in this safety's name that okay. did not exist in the wide receiver's name. But he's more of a he's more of a free safety, over the top type. Yeah, and his he was inconsistent. Like coming into this season, this last his last season, he was the consensus number one safety in the class, and he didn't live up to his billing. He was just rather he was inconsistent, 
And some of, especially at the end of the year, he got beat a bunch. Um, and so I think he's got a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But he's one of these guys that has, like, the physical skills. Man, if those three safeties are on the board, I think I'm okay with trusting Dorsey with whatever he picks. But in this scenario where I have to make the pick, I'm, like, at a loss for what is best. I'm going to take the, the best player available. I, I think uh, Deontay Thompson is a little bit more of a dynamic player, gives you more options than Taylor Rapp does. So I'm happy to take that pick. Okay. You good with that, Mark? It's my vote as well. At the Draft Network, suggests it. Okay. <laughs> okay, Deontay Thompson with our first pick. All right, so we just simulated through, and now we're sitting here in round three at pick 80. We are up again. Uh, safety need, hypothetically, dealt with. Um, and the best player available as of now is a tight end, Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M, who I will say, I've watched a decent amount of Texas A&M games, and Sternberger is a producer. That yeah. man catches a lot of passes. Who else? But is wouldn't in the say top it's five our there? most most pressing need. Miles Sanders out of Penn State, the running back. We have no need for that. Dax <laughs> Raymond, tight end out of Utah State. Um, this name, JJ. Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, Arcega Whiteside, and then uh, Dawson Knox, another tight end. Arcega Whiteside is a wide receiver out of Stanford. Yep. Um, so a pair of wide receiver. Three tight ends, a wide receiver, and a running back is the top five there. Um, I think our needs are, let's check the inside linebacker, or linebackers yeah, Cashman in general. off the board now. Cashman went 79th overall. Okay. Ooh, and we're pick number 80? 80. Yeah, round three. <sighs> yeah, that's brutal. That's that would have been the, situation. That would have been the perfect pick. He went the pick right before us. Okay, so we need a corner or a linebacker. What are our top linebacker options? Top linebackers are Drew Tranquil, linebacker out of Notre Dame. Um, we'd be reaching for both of them. It seems like there's a pretty big drop-off here at the linebacker position. Yep. Um, and then Bobby Okerke. I'm not claiming to know how to pronounce all these people's names. I'm just trying my best. <laughs> out of Stanford? Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um, do I don't pro- really do know how to say it? his name. Okuare or something like that. Um, but I'm probably way off too. So I don't think linebacker's an option. What about corner? So cornerback, it would seem we're at pick 80. Draft Network has ranked Isaiah Johnson um, out of Houston. Former wide receiver, long arms, bad tape. Um, Jamel Dean um, and... Combine superstar. Jaquan Williams. Those are all reasonable. I could get behind Jaquan Williams. I don't really like any of the rest of those guys. I think offensive tackle, we've already like set, like gone past the options that I like earlier in the draft, and I'd rather wait till later to take a flyer on a developmental guy. You've got Jaquan Williams, big body. So Jaquan Williams, 6'2", yeah. 208. Ran kind of slow, didn't he, at the combine? Yeah, no, he didn't test very well at the combine. It's not always the indicating factor. But I, but I don't know who else you go for here. No, this is this I mean, is what's hard. Unless like, you have an interior defensive lineman you like, or yeah. An edge guy what do our like. defensive tackles look like? Um, is Kalen still there? Are we in that like Rennell Wren, Kalen Saunders, Daylon Mack? So Rennell Wren is available. 
out of Arizona State. Ken Sanders is also available Ooh, out of Western Illinois. That's who I might go with. I'd go with him, too. Kalen Saunders? Yep. All right, so you're going with the six-foot. He's our third defensive tackle. That's perfect. Six-foot, 318 pounds, Kalen Saunders. And he does backflips. Out of Western Illinois, does backflips. He's an athlete. Let's go. He's our boy from the Senior Bowl. All right, so here we are in the fourth round, pick 119. We've already drafted Deontay Thompson, a safety, and Kalen Saunders, um, the interior defensive lineman out of Western Illinois. So fourth round, pick 119. Players available are a couple of running backs that have dropped pretty deep in the draft, Miles Sanders and David Montgomery. Um, nobody at positional needs. We already have our safety and our defensive linemen. We're probably looking for a cornerback, a linebacker. Let's see what linebackers are available. I think we could go safety here if there's, if there's another safety that's available. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it looks like there's a pretty steep drop-off at linebacker. Um, Trayvon Connie, um, Coney? Is that Coney. His? Trayvon Coney um, out of Notre Dame. Um, the Draft Network has him ranked at 165. We're picking at 119, so it seems like there's a drop-off there. Wouldn't be worth it. Um, Jermaine Pratt and Trey Watson out of NC State and Maryland are the next two. Let's check out the safeties. This is a hard spot. Like, this is the point in the draft every time I do these where it's like, crap. There's not an obvious choice. The value, like, at the positions where we, like, need players is not there. So it's either we reach for a position of need or we go and take the best player available at a position that we're already fairly strong in. Like, there's not a safety. There's not a linebacker that makes a ton of sense at these positions. Like, this middle portion of the draft is like a dead zone. It's a dead zone. And so I find myself just, like, repeating positions that I've already picked. This is where you pick Chad Thomas. It's, oh. So we do have have a cornerback. Um, the Draft Network has um, Sean Bunting ranked as their number 104 prospect. Um, and we're picking at 119. He's a cornerback out of Central Michigan. Uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about him. He's 6'1", 180 pounds. Um, I don't know much about what him. About, what about Hamp Cheevers? Is Hamp Cheevers? Oh, come on. Him? He's like way, way deeper in the draft. I'm not seeing anything on old Hamp over here. <laughs> all, all name team, though. Hamp Cheevers. Um, so what what do you guys think? The linebacker value isn't really there. Would Quarterback I, maybe bunting, but I don't know much about him. Um, let's look at Edge here. It's gonna be way Justin Hollins. Um, I think this is a valued at one thirty. This is a location where I don't know if he's available, but you could just go with a a playmaker who you feel like makes your team better. I mean, I'm thinking like a. What's Hardman from Georgia? McCool Hardman. Yeah, yeah. What are what are the top like five not, or so just overall players? Not really a right position now, of need for us, but could contribute in the return game, like working at wide receiver. Like yeah. is is a decent pick at this spot where you don't see somebody who's immediately going to fill a position of need. So McCall yeah. Hardman. I don't disagree with you. At all. McCall Hardman still is available. Um, technically ranked by the Draft Network as the number ninety three overall player, and we're at one nineteen. So. We, we could draft. He's one of the top five overall players. we got Miles Sanders running back out of Penn State, David Montgomery running back out of Iowa State, Tyree Jackson quarterback out of Buffalo. Nope. McCall Hardman, wide receiver out of Georgia. I'd, I, I'd go Hardman for sure. I think, I, he's, I, think he's, I nailed that one. <laughs> he's going to be a special teams player. He's going to contribute on your team. 
and be a solid contributor. You know that you're going to get that deep speed. You can get some solid play out of him. He can immediately contribute as your kick returner and your punt returner. Yeah, and he's going to make Ricardo Lewis crap his pants whenever we take him. Ricardo Lewis's roster spot. So McCall Hardman, he's 5'10", 183 pounds. What what was his 40 time? Is he fast? Oh, he ran in the 4'3s. 4'3s, okay. McCall Hardman, that's who we're drafting. Yeah, he actually ran a 4-3-3 at the Combine, so that's smoking. That'll work. Yeah, we'll take him. Thank you very much. That dog will hunt. All right, so we're sitting here in round five, our first of our two round five picks, number 144, a pick we got from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, And we've already filled the wide receiver position, um, interior defensive line, and safety um, top available players are... Travion Williams. Forget the running backs. We're not taking yeah. a running back. They're Who's all next? here. So uh, aside from running backs, quarterbacks, and wide receivers, yeah. Chris Bird um, out of Texas is the first one available. I don't even know who it is. What position uh, is Chris Boyd? Quarterback? Oh, Boyd, yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh, I was going to say. I was like, I've never heard of this guy. That was... <laughs> Chris Boyd. Uh, that's not the worst situation. That's an intriguing option. I for, mean, he, for the fifth round. That is a John Dorsey pick. For the fifth round, that doesn't seem like the most crazy, crazy pick. I could get behind that. So Chris Boyd is six feet tall, 195 pounds. Yeah, uh, got I don't, a full report here on the Draft Network from all four guys. Look, looks like he's not super fluid. Um, his top end speed is is a concern, but um, a good tackler. Good best best traits tackling physical. and run defense. Worst traits fluidity. So I, as far as corners, speed. like what are the next corner or two maybe that's available? Um, the next couple corners are Michael Jackson, cornerback out of Miami, and uh, Mark Fields out of Clemson. Yeah. Okay, so this is, starts to get in the range where it seems to be a reasonable spot to think about the developmental tackle, too. Um, who are some of those guys that are available? All right, so the top tackle is out of San Diego State offensive tackle Tyler Romer. I think that's okay. how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. And then Ili Uda. Oli Udo. Oli Udo. From Elon. From Elon, that is him. I and like that guy, Ty- but this is too early for him. And then the third one is Tyree St. Louis out of Miami. But those those would be some reaches. So um, could get into some Mark Fields out of Clemson. The the corner? Yeah. Speedy. Yeah, I think we have to go with that the corner. much was kind of behind a bunch of a bunch of other players who were taking playing time. I mean, we just need bodies four, four, at that three position. Speed. We just need bodies at that position. Like I I don't know how we can not go corner here. So Mark Fields is 5'11", 180. Uh, Draft Network has his worst trait as his size and experience, but he's fast, got a bunch of speed and a bunch of burst. Um, Chris Boyd is, according to their projections, the highest-rated cornerback available. Yeah, I'd I'd be fine with either Boyd or uh, Fields at this point, and I would guess that Dorsey would make a bet on the traits in this situation and go with Fields versus Boyd. Taller, bigger. That's my guess. All right, we went with it. Fields. Wait. Boyd. We went with Boyd. Why? Boyd has the traits. Because Boyd has the traits. He's taller. More physical. Fields is 5'10". So I I actually think Fields is probably a more Dorsey 
That's I what mean, I was trying to say. That's what I said. Yeah, in the in the mold of the the John Dorsey cornerback. Yeah, athletic uh, traits. However, Chris Boyd's off the field issues are are very John Dorsey esque. <laughs> so so we'll call it a draw. All right. So here we are at our second pick in the fifth round, number one fifty five. Um, is Mark Fields available? Only eleven pick. <laughs> yes, he still is. Uh, Mark Fields is rated by the Draft Network as the number one seventy five prospect, but we just got our cornerback. Our, we still need our offensive tackle. Let's see what's going on in that market. Um, so still have everybody that was just available. Romer at... Um, this, is, this is our second of three fifth-round picks. We still correct? haven't taken a linebacker. We have not taken a linebacker. You are correct. Um, Let's see what's going on there. Um, we got Jermaine Pratt out of NC State and Chase Hansen out of Utah are the top two prospects available. Um, but Jermaine Pratt um, is significantly rated higher above Chase Hansen. Um, Jermaine Pratt is a 6'3", 245-pound individual at NC State. Uh, uh, his best trait is tackling. Worst trait, flexibility. Yeah. I like, I like linebackers that can tackle. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that is, that's what that I want is, their best he trait. He seems to like be. a middle linebacker, though, to me, and I don't think that's what we're going to be looking for. We're going to be looking for more of like a weak Outside side linebacker. Guy. And so is Ben Burkirvin still available? Uh, yes, he is. I like that guy. He's fast. Fast, so fast, 198, fast. 198, 6-foot, 222-pound linebacker out of uh, the Draft Network has his best trait as competitive toughness. Worst trait is athleticism, size. He is white, so there's that. Is that who you want to go with? Athleticism comes the hard way. Um, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Um we need a tackle. We need a linebacker. We could. We need a tight end and potentially an another edge. S- another safety. Maybe another safety. I could go Burke Kirvin. Ben Solak. The first line is a bat out of hell in terms of explosiveness and physicality. Uh, All right, let's go with that. We're going Ben Burke Kirvin. All right, so correction. Now we're at our third pick in the fifth round, number 170. Um, we still do not have an offensive tackle. We do not have a tight end, an edge rusher, or any interior offensive linemen. Um, best available player are a gambit of wide receivers, a couple running backs, more wide receivers. Top 10 are all wide receivers. And then we got Jermaine Pratt out of NC State. Um, we got Mike Edwards, safety out of Kentucky. Um, we could go for another safety here. What are you guys thinking positionally? This is where I start to think about offensive tackle, like getting that developmental guy. Those guys always you have to like take them a little bit ahead of like where they're valued. Like is Ole still available? Ole is not available anymore. See, like they get they get plucked out of there like earlier than you'd expect because everybody needs them. And so like I like looking at these uh, these offensive tackles that are developmental guys, but then I end up getting in this situation where I wait too long all the time. Oli Udo? Yeah. That's who you were looking for? Yeah. Um, man. So the best available offensive tackle is Tyree St. Louis. And then Isaiah Prince. Tyree St. Louis is out of Miami. Um, and then Isaiah, Isaiah Prince. Isaiah Prince is out of Ohio State. Out of Ohio State. Go All you Browns fans, homers. Guys. That's who they want. Should we just give them what they want? Give the people what they want. 
Uh, pass. So this is where, like, I feel like you start just taking best player available at a position of need, right? So, like, where, even if it's doubling up on one of the positions we've got, like... Yeah, because you can't assume that you nailed the position. That you nailed the first one, right? Like, so give yourself another sh- another shot at it. So that would be Preston Williams out of Colorado State, a wide receiver. I don't think we really need to draft another wide receiver. Especially not one with problems. Um, so it would be Mike Edwards. the safe, According to the draft network, Mike Edwards is safety out of Kentucky. Um, or Fields, the cornerback out of Clemson. Ooh, that take could be him. It. Take him. No doubt. I, I feel good Get about that. Get the corner depth. All right, so now here we are in round six. We have two more picks left. Uh, we're at pick 189, and we have not picked uh, an offensive tackle or the biggest an, need. Uh, any offensive lineman at all, an edge rusher or a tight end, which are theoretically the three more positions that we could possibly draft. Um, so one of the late round offensive tackles I kind of like is Mitch Hyatt. He played like three full at years Clemson. at Clemson. Um, I don't know if there's a ton of upside with him. You know what I mean? Like from like a development standpoint, but I feel like he's a solid offensive lineman that can, is going to probably be able to play multiple positions. Like not unlike Spencer Drango, honestly, like in a, in a lot of ways. Mark, is Mitch Hyatt still available? Is he listed as an offensive tackle? Yeah. He's the number 265 overall player on, for them. Is he gone? I think he's gone. Who's the highest-ranked offensive tackle? Um, yeah, Mitch Hyatt went, got overdrafted. So the highest offensive tackle is Isaiah Prince. Mother effer. At Ohio State, he's still there. And Max Sharping out of Northern Illinois. And Max then- Sharping's the guy I would take between those two. Um, he's a big boy. So big Max Sharping boy. is six foot six and 320 pounds. Um, got a lot of experience there. At Northern Illinois, but apparently has bad feet. What about Martez According to Ivy? Joe Marino. <laughs> no. Martez Ivy sucks. He is still available. He's got the physical traits. He, he is sucks. still available. He got every chance in the world at Florida to prove himself as a competent left tackle, and he never did anything. I don't want... I All don't right, want so here's the, here's the question. Do you think we need an offensive tackle right here, right now, over our other positions of need? Offensive tackle, I do agree, is more important than any of the other things. We could get I mean, safety, maybe. Is there a tight end that you love at this position, or say, like if there's somebody else is like jumping out at you? There's not. Thing. No, I mean we'd be overdrafting for a tight end at this point. So it seems like, in theory, we'd be getting better value for Sharping. I'd go with Max Sharping and call it a day. All right, here we are, pick two twenty one, the last, last one. pick of the draft for um, the Browns. For the Browns, at least. Um, we've already cleaned up. Uh, just got our offensive tackle, Max Sharping. And the best player available right now is Hunter Renfro, wide receiver out of Clemson. All the way here in the seventh round, Hunter Renfro is still available. We can save $14 um, million dollars next year. Could do it. Get that slot guy. Got great hands. Honestly. Tiny hands, but they're, they're very reliable. <laughs> It is it is his his most like confounding and impressive skill is catching the ball so consistently with hands that small. So when has anyone ever hit on an edge defender in the seventh round? Um Armani Bryant. 
I hope he gets a kidney. Armani Bryant. So um, we still yeah, have. That's a sad story. That, that like, is a story really sad that story. It's, it's so sad. And it it wasn't like a genetic thing. It's like something that just like, like a fluke. disease that hit him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's no. terrible. He was always really good. Yeah. I think what makes the most sense at this last spot is to pick a tight end. Get a blocking tight end that you can have on your roster that you trust and can count on for the next four years. It that doesn't can block even well and like fit what, that roster spot. That seventh round pick. I mean, maybe you don't like, even sign him if he's not good enough. What you do with your seventh round pick is you draft the guy that you don't think is actually going to sign with you as an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, because you then you get his rights and you get to actually see him for yourself. And you, like, don't worry about the guys that you think you've got a decent chance at signing as an undrafted free agent. The seventh round draft pick for a contending team is somewhat worthless. Well, it's like, we don't... For the last couple of years, the Browns have had room for seven or eight rookies drafted on the roster. We, I mean, we've had 10, 11, 12 at some years. Yeah. Not this this season, year. we might have five roster spots. Yeah, maybe. That are available. Yeah. So what do you want to go with at a wide, like, you take a you shot at a wide receiver you take position. Take a shot at a receiver, maybe a running back. Who's, like maybe is there a scat like running back who's available? Who's the best kicker available? <laughs> that is uh, actually not no, even, they don't even available. They don't even have it. There's no kickers in this. Oh. <laughs> Who who's running this show? Call call those guys. Is it, do, uh, it do is funny. A, do we have a way to contact them? Let's let's <laughs> tell them that they need to have kickers in this. Um it is true. Think about it. There's like what? That's four positions. That's four player, four more players that could be available to us at least at this point. When you factor in the kickers and punters that would have made it in. And long snappers. <laughs> the long snappers don't get drafted. So this particular pick doesn't really matter. What, Who do you want, what, Mark? You, we'll give you free reign. Make your pick. Paul Adams. Paul Adams isn't even available Our anymore. old friend. He got he's drafted? Not, he's already been drafted. Good for Paul. For everyone's uh, reference, Paul Adams went to our high school. Uh, offensive tackle. Uh, played at Missouri. And uh, we hope he gets drafted. That would be fantastic if he's already gone at this point in the seventh round. All right. We're just going to pick the best position avail- best player available, according to the Draft Network. Who's that? Hunter Renfro. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually kind of love that. It would kind of be great. It's like endearing to me. But if we drafted both McCole Hardman and Hunter Renfro... It who, would who create would... a weird situation at our wide receiver position. We would have... A bunch of guys. I have no doubt in my mind that Hunter Renfro will make whatever team he's drafted by. Yep. Regardless of the position that he's drafted. I agree. So so assuming we draft both of those guys and they're we both going to make a team. We have way too many diminutive uh, wide receivers. Do we carry six? Yeah, you carry six wide receivers in today's NFL. Everybody does. So we would go OBJ, Jarvis, Callaway, Higgins. Higgins. Hardman, Renfro. You would think, unless Lewis beats, deserves and earns a spot. Who's playing as a gunner? Hardman. Hardman? Mm-hmm. He's a really good special teams player. All right. I would love to see Renfro running in the field on punts. Or one of those two corners we took. I mean, we took both yeah. the... Chris Boyd. Chris yeah. Boyd and Fields. Like, both, you would think you'd have one of those guys playing special teams. All right. I'm down. Tavier Thomas. We got we got we got names. He's not gonna make the team. 
Maybe. He was great on special teams. If he could play safety. <laughs> Anyways. All right. That's painful. Like, this is hard to do. Like, this is my the moral of the story for me on doing these drafts. Like, there's not obvious players that, like, instantly help the Browns outside of that second round pick. In the areas that we need help, like secondary in particular, and then offensive tackle, I feel like the those fr- players go fast. Yeah. And we don't have picks at the top end of this draft like we've had in recent years to be able to address those type of needs. Like It is going to be a little bit of a wake-up call where we are not getting like difference-making players in this draft. We're getting depth players for the future that you hope are going to turn into something. But like, Well, I think there's a lot of things at play here. Um, one is I do think this draft was well positioned at the front end for positions of need for the Browns. So as we were evaluating first round pick, it was really great to be like, Oh, we need interior defensive linemen. There's going to be good interior defensive linemen available. There's going to be a corner available. There's going to be like pretty good safeties there, there to select from. Now we don't have a first round pick. So we're picking a lot later in the draft than we're used to. I mean, hell. Yeah. Last year we had four picks almost before before this first pick in this draft. So we're pulling from a more limited talent pool, but also our roster is so much better. Like like the the caliber of player we have to bring on through the draft that immediately makes an impact on our roster is so much higher than it has been yeah, in the previous bar's years. The, buyer's, the bar is higher. So it's it's a little tougher to look at some of these guys in the third, fourth round to be like, oh, can't wait to see him on the field. Because if they're on the field, it means they're displacing a player who's actually contributing at a high level. Yeah, I think that's fair. So I think they, what I'm going to be doing for the entire first round and a half of the draft is just cheering for safeties to stay on the board as yeah. long as possible. That's really <laughs> what I'm doing. Every time a safety is not drafted. I want Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to fall to the Browns so bad. I would love that. That would be a great pick. I don't I would a month and a half ago I would say that it was it was pretty likely he'd be available and now not anymore. Yeah, so we'll see. Um there's lots of options out there and um man, I won't be as nervous Mark this year going into the draft if that makes you feel any better. I'd be I'll, concerned if you were. I'd be I'll be physically just fine. Well, um, if you guys have the time, um, it might not be great podcast content, but we tried our best. It's hard to communicate through that. But if you have the time to go check out um, uh, the mock drafts, they're super fun. Um, You can pick for the Browns and see what you would do if you were a GM. Um, Like Michael said, it's not as easy as you think. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Barbasol, the new Barbasol Shave Club featuring the premium Ultra 6 Plus Razor. It's been trusted by men for nearly 100 years. I don't know why you wouldn't trust it, but if you don't, you're an idiot. Um, Shave Barbasol, everybody. Go Browns. Go Browns.